Hey, this is Sammy Flores. I'm the pastor at Coin Church in Chino, California, and this is our podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I hope this encourages you and calls you to more because you were made for more. Here's our latest message. Well, if you have your Bible, would you turn with me or, or your phone or whatever you have? We're going to have it on the screen as well to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. And the scripture reads this. You, Coin Church, us, as Paul would write to the church of, in Galatians, but he's writing to us today. He says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. You were called to be free. I didn't know if you knew that. I didn't know if you, where you're coming from, what you're walking into right now, wherever you're at. You were called to be free. And then he says, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. And here it is, coming from Jesus. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other as we often do, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, not run, not sprint, not be in a hurry, but walk by the capital S, Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're at odds with you. They cannot stand each other. They are in conflict. So that you are not, so you are not to do whatever you want to do. He goes on to say, but if you are led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the power of God, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, and I know, here they are. All of us have fallen to this in some way, somehow, and the the problem is we just aren't supposed to live as if this is in control of our lives, whatever this may be for any of us. But these are the acts of the flesh. Sexual morality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, self-ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. And the list goes, it's like, okay, Paul, we get it, right? Drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this, live like this, will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. I love that it starts with love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ, and I, th- this is between you and God, wherever you're at. I don't know if you belong to Christ. I don't know if you're on that journey and you're processing and you're, you're trying to understand and you're studying and you see what it's like, but that's not how you want it to be. And you see the hypocrisy of, of Christians and or, or you're just kind of like, I just am curious. I'm on a journey. To those who belong to Christ Jesus, you have crucified the flesh. And, and the question is, have you done that? Very graphic imagery there of, of crucifixion. With its passions and desires, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The, script, the title of this talk today is, Call to be Free. You know, I had this, this interesting dream the other day. I shared it with a couple of you. I shared it with Kelly, like, the day it happened. And, and I'm, I'm quite interested with dreams. I, I don't like to go too deep with them because then you can get, like, strange and weird with things. 
But nevertheless, when I wake up from a dream and, and, it, and it feels really weird or, or feels really real, I, I wake up and I'll all often now, because I know it's, it's, this, it's, it's in my brain, it's, it's, in my, it's like unconscious to my brain. I'm not quite sure where it's at, but it's there somewhere. My brain's thinking it, right? And then I'll have a dream, and sometimes they're really weird. Have you ever had like just strange dreams? You're like, what was that? Well, I had one of those. Yet there were characters in there that I knew from my old self. Or I've used the language here, my false or shadow self, which was very telling to me. I had a dream that I knew in my dream I didn't go to Bible school. And that was a, a voice, that was a journey to me to find Christ for myself, not from my parents. It was a journey, it was a voyage, and I went on it, and I found God, and I found who he was, and I decided when I was in college, I'm not gonna do it the way that I used to do it. And so in my dream, there were these people that I knew from high school, but I could correlate them to like parties and all that kind of stuff. And so I knew I didn't go to school, but I still was like dating Kelly. And in the dream, to not, not go too deep into it, it was, it was very interesting and evil and wicked. And, 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 and it, was, it was just, it was weird because I, 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 was, I was trying to gratify the flesh in my dream. But yet in the back of my head, I was thinking, oh my gosh, like, well, I'm, I'm with this person at this party. And I didn't even know who this, it was just an odd character, right? Like, who is this person? I have no idea. But in my dream, it was like, it was that, that unhealthy self that was being lured towards something, right? That shadow or that dark side. And in my dream, I kept thinking, oh my gosh, this guy's here from high school. He's going to tell Kelly I'm here. Oh my gosh, this is, and, and if you know anything about, I'm very open with who I was and who I am and who I'm becoming. And when I was in high school, I was not a good guy. My mom doesn't like when I say that, but it's just true. I wasn't. I wasn't healthy. I, I, I over-manipulated my relationship with Kelly. Some of you guys think it was all good. It wasn't. There was, it was very unhealthy of me and how I was with, with girls. That was my, 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 my crux, right? And so long story short, I woke up from this dream, and I, and I take my morning slow sometimes, and we're in a season, Kelly's working, and I'm, I'm doing this, this thing with Lenya, and, and, and we get help. And, but in the morning, I, I go real slow, and, you know, I pick Lenya up, and I take her in her little, like, walker thing because she crawls everywhere. I put her in there, you know. Like, she's, like, stationary. She can't do anything. She just goes like this. I brush my teeth. And then I go to Lenny. She loves to brush her teeth, too, but mainly for, like, the bubble gum stuff. And I, and I went to brush her teeth. And then as I was going to, to do her hair, which I'm learning how to do, I, was, I looked at her. And I, and I thought, and it was almost as if God dropped it in my heart. And I was thinking, why did I have that? That was such a weird dream. And I felt impressed in my spirit. That, that could have been the life that you lived. Had you not learned to crucify your flesh. And as I was, I was getting Lenya ready, I was just thinking of how so often I still need to take heed. We all still need to take heed. No one is perfect. That is why discipline's important. That's why responsibility is important. That's why taking things f with life serious is important. And I love my, I, I am a family guy, true and true. And I've learned that like, that God does his greatest work in the family unit. And so I'm like getting Lenya ready and I'm like, man, that's, that's such an interesting dream. You see, because I don't know about you, but have you ever felt like you weren't free, but you were like told you're free in Christ? Yeah, you, or, or, maybe, or maybe it's like, 
You're living life and you think you're free. You're doing whatever you want to do all the time. And maybe you could find yourself on this list of things that are unhealthy for our soul. But it's like, I'm living free. I'm doing my thing. Jesus' definition to that is actually you're a slave to you and to your sins. The contrary is true that the more we step into Christ's likeness, the more he gives us his freedom, then we get to walk not being swayed by anything, but being swayed by the spirit of God. And what comes out of that is an abundant life. And so, you know, you got to ask, do you ever feel caged or, or trapped or, or like you don't have freedom? To, to, to simply put, I want to define what the flesh and the sinful nature is, okay? Here is the definition of the flesh. It is cravings, if you're taking notes, cravings. Ephesians says this, to gratify the cravings of our flesh and follow its desires and thoughts. Another definition is sinful passions. For scripture says in Romans, for when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law, meaning the law made it known this is not good. And yet we do it anyway, you know. That law were at work in us so that we bore fruit of death. I think we can all agree in the room that the more that we add on things that are not healthy, the scripture points out that the, the, the enemy of your soul is Satan, right? His goal is to kill, steal, and destroy your life. Do you know that? That's his goal. That's his number one goal. And, and how does he do that? He'll use flesh and the sinful nature and the cravings of your soul. And then another definition would be a corrupt desire. It's a desire, but it's corrupt. The theologian Timothy George defines flesh as this. Flesh refers to fallen human nature, the center of human pride and self-willing. Flesh is the arena of indulgence and self or assertion, which is I want it and I want it now. The locale in which the ultimate sin reveals itself to be the false assumption of receiving life, not as the gift of the creator, but procuring it by one's own power. And here's the most important line. Of living from oneself, that, this, is what, this is what the definition of desires are, of sinful desire. Of living from oneself rather than from God. Do you get that? So when God's in control and the spirit is in control of my life and I want to live according to that, then I will be living for God at that moment in, in my life, right? But when, when it's the other way around and it's about self, that route can get really dark really quick. John Mark Comer, a teaching pastor from Portland, Oregon, just finds flesh as this, the base, animalistic, primal drive in us for self-gratification. Say it again, the base, animalistic, primal drive for self-gratification. Paul says, do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. I don't know about you, but like when I think of indulge, when I read that, the first thing that came to mind is it's, it's premeditated, okay? And I'm like, all right, I love Kelly, Kelly a little more than me, but I, we've caught on together, like love ice cream. And I'm like, man, I don't know about you guys, but it's sometimes it's, pre, it's premeditated and it's like, okay, I, I can see myself after church getting in my car, Kelly and I making an agreement, we're going to go up to the shops I'm going to get out of my car, and I'm going to walk as confidently as I can to afters. 
right? And then you better believe it. I don't care how long the line is. I'm going to get the cookie monster. And yes, add the milky bun 100%. Like, are you crazy? Glazed the donut, cook it in the oven, and I want Oreo on it. I know it's already kind of Oreo filled, but I want more. (laughs) And you can use that same analogy for the most wicked, evil, sinful desires of your soul. Especially when there's no discipline. That's where discipline's important, right? (laughs) Lord, help us. He says, rather to serve one another humbly in love. And I love that he brings up the word love. Because I don't know about you, but when you're under the enemy's control at time, it seems, that is not love, right? The scripture makes it clear in the, in the account of Genesis that God created Adam and Eve, and he gave them choice. And out of that choice was produced the ability to choose, do I want to listen or not? That actually is what love is. If it's forced, that's considered at times rape, isn't it? And so I don't know about you, but I don't want to be forced to love you. I don't even want to be forced to love God. And yet that is the invitation. And many of us, because we haven't sat and read the scriptures and looked at it in in, in a teaching or theological manner, we don't realize that God is a God that gives you choice. And guess what God just said to you? You're called to be free. Which means the antithesis of that is you could very well be a slave to what? The cookie monster. (laughs) Do you ever feel that tension in your soul, though? It's in conflict, right? It's fighting and fighting and fighting. It's like, man, Paul would say in Romans 7, I want to do good, but I can't. I know what the scripture says, and I got to do that. But then, like, there's something within me that's fighting and fighting and fighting. And it's this, it's the spirit of God that many of us has given ownership of our life that dwells within you. That's saying, no, it's not good. You shouldn't be doing that. That's not healthy. You should not talk like that or walk like that or live like that. You shouldn't be watching that. And then there's this, no, you should. Why wouldn't you? It makes you happy. It feels good. It feels right. They're in conflict with each other, almost like a stray dog with a stray cat. It doesn't go well, right? Almost like Connor with Khabib. It doesn't go well. Almost like the far left, ah, and then the far right. Get them in the same room and bring up politics. It will not go well. Dark and light does not go well. Cold with hot, it doesn't go well. They're at odds. And that is to identify what is going on in your soul when you want to do good, but you're not because you're forced by something or someone else. And it's not love because you say you're free, but is that freedom? to be controlled by your flesh or your desire or your indulges. And then he says, but, but, but. If you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. You see the law, the acts of the flesh are obvious and then he names all of them. And you know what's interesting to me? I always wonder, God, why did you create this tension in our soul? Because God created us. Did you know that he created us? Did you know that you are image bearers of God, the almighty? That he has created you in the image of God. 
So everything that, that God has created, and then he stood back and said, man, that's good. But what happened in the garden? Maybe you have heard of it or you haven't. What happened in the garden was sin, the sinful nature crept in as a slithering snake in the grass. And it was, hey, don't, you're not going to die if you disobey God. You're crazy. You're not going to die. Your eyes will be opened to good and evil. Why wouldn't you want that? And then it's like, yeah, that's, that seems good. That sounds good. I like that. I want that. And we made the choice. We did, us, Adam and Eve. We made the choice to say, you know what? I kind of like being led by my flesh and not by my spirit or God. And now there's this tension, this tension. And God designed it. He's the master designer. He put this in us. And I'm thankful he did. He put the spirit within us. And now that we're living the entire life fighting. Doesn't it feel like at times you're fighting this all the time? I really do believe that there, that there is a, a health of sanctification or working your flesh or your spirit out as you do discipline, as, a, as you pick up the scripture, as you live life, as you, you, you interact with one another. I do believe that there is something that God can do in you to perfect your soul. And then he says, this is what the fruit of the spirit is. Love, do you have that? Or is it the opposite? It starts with love. We have this, uh, this image, if we could put it up, just to paint it for us, of, of the flesh and the spirit. Okay? Because I, I think this is important to get practical here. This is what the scripture says about your soul, by the way. This is what Paul the apostle would say to you and to I. He says that the flesh is against these things, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the, 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 the spirit of the devil, the demonic nature, even often just us without the devil, we are like inclined to what is unhealthy. And this is what all is unhealthy. Immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, meaning you worship other gods, and not like a golden calf. We don't really do that, or maybe you do, and I hope you don't. But it's, it's worshiping the God of money, the God of success, the God of image. It's worshiping such things, and God is saying through the scripture, that's idolatry. Because no, nothing should be before God. God should be first. And what happens is we put other things before God, and God says that is idolatry. Sorcery, do you know what sorcery means? I'm sorry, if, like this is, it's just like, it's, it's witchcraft, it's palm reading, it's, it's tarot reading cards, it's looking at, at, at different rocks and, and, and trying to find healing. That is all not coming from things of God, that's things of the, the, the devil, the enemy. There is power in that, by the way. And the scripture says to run from that. Enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, which in that day was like going to a party, but everything was driven towards like sex. That's the culture that they were living in. And all of this, things like this is 
there's this constant warfare going on in my spirit and in my flesh, in my spirit and in my flesh. I love this one. St. Augustine. Have you heard of him? Maybe not. He's a, a theologian or a philosopher who was born in 354. His writings has influenced the development of the Western philosophy and the Western church or the Christian church. And he is viewed as one of the most important church fathers. He said this about desires. He had a definition for it back in 354. Okay, this was his definition. Human beings are image bearers. We just talked about that. It's scriptural. Created in love to love God and each other. Did you get that one? Not just to love God, yes, but to love each other. We've talked about it. I want to know how you love others because that's a great indication of how you love God. To love God and to love others. And then he says, but when we disorder our lives and let them run amok, we suffer. I'll read it again. This is a definition of desires from St. Augustine. Human beings are image bearers, created in love, to love, and to love each other. But when we disorder our lives and let them run amok, let our lives run us, our desires run us, we suffer. And then there's a man named Sigmund Freud. Have you heard of him? The psychologist in the room that has studied under this. Sigmund Freud has done great things and has also done really bad things. Because what happened was when, when we, we, we migrated, when we came over, when we came to America, the goal was I don't want to be controlled by the crown anymore, right? And so one of the main things was I want to have freedom, even to practice my religion. But their goal was that they believed in the Judeo-Christian Bible so much. I don't know if you know this. Look this up. That they, they created schools so that the children could read the Bible. They did this. And so they had teachers that taught how to read and how to write so that the children could understand because there was something that they caught that in the ancient writings and in the ancient teachings that there was this beauty that came out of understanding who God or Yahweh was. But Sigmund Freud comes on and he, who maintained this about religion, once necessary to restrain man's violent nature, okay, Religion was once necessary to restrain man's violent nature in the early stages of civilization. Because, right, it was like chaos and war and craziness. But then he says in modern times, it can be set aside in favor of reason and science. So throw out faith. Have nothing to do with God. He said this about desires, okay? Human beings are animals. He got this from uh, Darwin. Human beings are animals run by instinctual desire for pleasure. I would agree to that, yeah. And when we repress, watch this, repress said desires, we suffer. I'll read it again because it's good. Human beings are animals by instinctual desire for pleasures, and when we repress said desires, we suffer. There's a big difference. This is where we get this new worldview. It's really important. When, when our country was established in America, if it's good or bad and all that, that stuff, yes, I get it. But there was something about, no, let's follow. St. Augustine had something to say in the ancient writings and the scriptures, and it was, we need discipline. We need responsibility. We need to figure this whole craziness of our soul out, so we need to create habits and discipline. Then Sigmund Freud said, no, 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 that, that's, that's not good. He said, this is another definition. When you or somebody in authority over you says no to authentic desire that you have, that is what makes you unhappy. 
you know that? That's what he's saying. He's saying when mom and dad try telling you what to do, that, that makes you unhappy, doesn't it? Well, that's not good for your soul. When an authority or a teacher or a professor tells you you can't do this and you think, no, that's not right, that makes me unhappy, you're not understanding that. That's what Sigmund Freud is trying to push. He's trying to say, in other words, now it is a sin to not follow your feelings. So don't follow your feelings. It's not worth it. So sadly, Freud's ideas have overtaken Augustine's as a whole in the Western world. This is where we get the sayings, okay? This is where we get it. Be true to yourself. Be true to yourself. Or follow your heart. Wherever it leads, follow it. We hear songs on it all the time on the radio. We watch movies about it. Our little children are watching this, this narrative, follow your heart. Or my favorite, you do you, baby boo. You do you. Oh, does, that, does that make you feel good? Do it. Like, what's he going to do? You want, you want to live like that? Do it. Well, my mom and dad, they show me in the script. Does that make, is it making you unhappy? Yeah. Do you. I have this, these two images. If we could put the next one up. I'm almost done. Um, worship team, you guys can actually come up. So, so this is a representation of who we are, okay? This is how God created us. He created us with body, with soul, and with spirit. And get this, the body is the external layer, right? It's here. This is my body. Like my brother Zach, he's got those big arms and big triceps. That's his body, right? Sometimes you have it. Sometimes you got to work really hard for it. It's your body. And with your body comes nerves and comes your brain, and your five senses of seeing, smelling, hearing, touching, tasting, that's your body. And it, it's important. The agnostics in the scripture say that you don't need your body. Whatever your body like, just, your body's nothing. So you could do whatever the heck you want with your body. It's not going to affect you. But Paul said, no, 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 no. There's something about your body, right? And then within that is your soul, which is... A, a, a combination, your soul and spirit, which is, is your mind, it's your will, it's your emotions, it's the conscious mind of what you know, what you think, and how you reason, and it's also the, the subconscious mind that I was talking about when you dream and you just have like a certain way of living and doing things, and sometimes you're not sure, but yet it comes with beliefs and attitudes and feelings and emotions and memories, and then within that is the spirit, your spirit, and then the Holy Spirit. That, in that inner circle, is the inner core of being where you're most sensitive to God. That's why you come in and you're like, man, I don't know. if They were kind of weird, but I, I don't know. I kind of felt like there's something happening in the room. Or maybe you have a great-grandma that prayed for you years ago. God, take care of my great-granddaughter. And there's something that happens spiritually. See, Sigmund Freud would say, that's not reason or logic. You're crazy. No, there's something powerful and spiritual about this. And I believe it to my core. And then this is what happens if we put on the next slide. In that inner core, what happens is the enemy's really good. He'll get to the inner first. He gets to the inner first. Very telling in the in the the book of 1 Samuel, I believe it's 1 Samuel, where, where Samuel the prophet comes into this, 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 this like isolate land, this weird land, Bethlehem, and, and finds a man named Jesse, and he says, 
Samuel's like, okay, I'm going to anoint the next king. And he goes through all the brothers because they look good and they look tough and they're tall. And then they're like, where's the other? Do you have any more brothers? Am I wrong? Samuel's like, am I wrong? Did I hear God wrong? And then, and Samuel's thinking, yeah, but God, like, these guys look like they could be the king. And the Lord tells Samuel, I do not look out the, at the outer. I look at the inner. And what is within, you know this, church. Come on, it's, it's, it's common sense. What is within will come out eventually, right? So if you got anger built up, if you got frustration built up, if you got resentment built up, if you've been hurt and wounded and it is deep within your soul, eventually it takes over your choices, right? And then it, and then it leads to your body and you start making decisions about your body. You care about what people think about your image and about how you portray yourself, but it all goes back to what is the inner part of your being and it is the spirit that is within you and then guess what? It's waging war with the Spirit of God. So I don't know about you, but I need the Holy Spirit in my life to lead me, to guide me, to tell me. I was, I was, I was walking with the, in, in the mall with Kelly, and I read this thing from a psychologist named James Dobson. He gave a great analogy of why rules are important. We don't like rules in our culture. And we were walking in the mall, and you know how you can be several stories up? And I was like, Kelly, how would you feel if this railing wasn't here? Like, how would you feel? She's like, well be kind of like scary to walk like would you walk close with it with Lenya well no like you know how you get that weird feeling in your stomach like when you go to the a roller coaster and it drops you're like ah and you look over the Grand Canyon you've ever done that and that oh imagine there was no railing and that's what it's like to not have God in your life that's what it's like to not have rule and order to your soul we don't like it because it makes us unhappy, but yet the creator of the universe who created you in his image knows how you operate and that there are things. If we could put back the other, the other slide, the first one, this is what God wants for our life. He wants you to have, live a life of love and of joy. He wants you to live a life of peace in a world of chaos. Doesn't it feel like chaos? I don't know about you, but when the world is being blown up upside down, I want to be walking saying, I know who God is, and I have the peace of God in my soul. It might seem crazy. It might not make sense. They're saying to do this or that, but I have this confidence within me of the peace that surpasses all understanding. And I got to have patience. Lord, help me. I need patience. We all need patience. And goodness and kindness, and I need to be faithful We've forgotten about faithfulness in marriage, in friendship, in community. Let us be faithful to one another and most importantly to God. So if God says to do it, I'm going to do it. Why? He knows. He knows what's in here. He knows what's best for me. And, and what happens is you have to make the decision though. Whether it's logic or reason or science, whatever, God will meet you in all those places. But there comes a point of revelation that can't come from pastor or professor or friend, and it comes from the Spirit of God himself. But you got to be willing to open up to what he has to say for your life. That's why we walk by faith, not by sight, because it doesn't make sense sometimes. Will you stand with me as we, we pray? God, I pray for every person in this room that as we take account for our own soul and our own actions, Lord, that you would remind us that you are taking us somewhere, that you want the abundant life for us 
more than our parents or our family or our friends. You want the abundant life for us to live a life that is filled with joy and peace and, and, and goodness and faithfulness. You want that life for us so bad. And all we have to do is look to you and say, you know what? My, my sin needs to suffer. My illness needs to suffer. I'm going to crucify that on the cross and I'm gonna say you have to listen to me I'm not gonna be ran by you I'm not gonna be led by you I don't want you to tell me what to do I tell you what to do and I'm gonna live a life that's according to your spirit and your plan and your love and your grace and I'm gonna walk by faith and not by sight and that's the call that God has for you that's why he says you are called to be free so live in freedom church coin church live in freedom Live in freedom every day of your life. Wake up in the morning and say, I know God and he's called me to live free. I'm not going to be driven by my passions or by desires. I'm going to walk in freedom, the same freedom, that, the same power and freedom that rose Christ from the dead. That spirit, I'm going to live by that spirit, not by my flesh or not by my desires. Amen. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for Coin Church. Thank you for this family. Thank you for this community. I pray that this word touched hearts, God, convicted hearts, reminded us that we need some railing in our life. And we don't want to get too close to that edge because there's not, there's not a lot of protection there. And it's dangerous. And it can kill, steal, and destroy our life. So do what you got to do in our heart, God. We submit to you. We love you. We're here to know more of you. We want to be tried by fire and purified. Take us through the fire, God. Refine us to your image. In your name we pray, amen.